Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I was joined by Jesse once again uh, to discuss our game coming up against Gold Coast on the weekend. Now, I'd be lying to say if it was just a preview about that. I mean, we all know what's going on in the world. Uh, we haven't been living under the rock. Uh, I think, look, it's a long episode. Um, we did talk a fair bit um, about a certain individual, which we all know who. So that took up pretty much half of the podcast. So put it to times one and a half speed or whatever you want to listen to. Uh, it is a long podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, anyways, I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Jesse right now. All right, so I'm once again joined by Jesse. Now, Jesse, I'm joined uh, tonight. Uh, it's late in the evening on a Thursday. Uh, we haven't got any word about the Alistair Clarkson appointment. Um, we might as well start there because uh, that's the most important news and uh, the thing that's going on socials 24-7 uh, feels like it at the moment, especially with uh, North and Essendon supporters. Um, how have you seen the, the last few days? Um, do you think uh, – are, are you leaning one way or the other at the moment? Yeah, thanks for having me back. Look, I'm so over the... I don't know how to read this. You know, firstly, I think I just want a decision to be made so I can get some sleep again. <laughs> it's been an absolutely crazy week. Um, you know, when we spoke last time, uh, up until up until really this Monday, you know, I thought we had him. You know, it, it, it sounded like it was all but locked in. Sports bet had paid him out. Um, so it sounded like it was a lock. I was, I was very, very confident coming into you know, Monday and then, you know, Essendon went and did what they did and who knows? I mean, it, it's hard to get a read how long the new Bombers president has been talking to Clarko behind the scenes. Uh, it's moved very quickly and you'd have to imagine that the conversations have been going on for a while, um, you know, if he does pick Essendon tomorrow. So that makes it interesting as well. It, it, it's very hard to read. It's one of those things that I, every interview that I've seen with, you know, with Clarko today, there was the few that came out from, you know, 7, 9 and 10. Um, there's all the footy shows during the week and their opinion pieces, the radio shows. And, you know, every single one of them sways me one way or another. Um, I think the pessimist in me says that he'll go to Essendon. I've got some I've got some concerns that, you know, the fact that he we had such a long offer in front of him and the fact that, you know, in effectively three and a half days, um, you, you know, he's, he said, oh, I'll be able to make up my mind um, by the end of the week. So that that says to me that probably conversations have been going on for a while um, behind the scenes um, and we didn't know about them. Um, either that or he was just really, really keen on um, on on the Bombers and thus that's why he's entertaining entertaining their offer. It, it's hard to get a read. Are you surprised he'd be like? I know, he, like you, you mentioned, uh, probably twelve months ago, that he wants to go to a big club. But he's surprised it would be Essendon uh, out of all the clubs. Like, I could probably understand Collingwood, but just with the whole rivalry, um, you know, Haw- uh, Hawthorne and Essendon, yeah, not not, uh, yeah, that, that's as big as a rivalry as North and Essendon, really, for us. But uh, are you surprised he would even consider them? Yeah, look, that's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, I've seen a few people uh, come out about it. I think what Campbell Brown said that he wouldn't talk to him ever again <laughs> if he went to the Bombers. So, I mean, look, definitely there's a part of me that goes how much of Hawthorne is still in his blood, you know, how much of that rivalry, um, you know, is, is, is baked into him. But at the same time, 
being a professional professional coach i think you just take the offers that are in front of you as you as, as you said you know at the start of the year he he did talk about a large club and that's been the sentiment to go through the year i mean even before we were in play you know there was rumors about what Essendon was going to do with rutten um so I think it's, it's it's just one of those things that it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you went there. The only thing is that, you know, we, we put a lot of work into our proposal. And, you know, from what he said tonight, he wasn't really entertaining Sydney as an option when it really came down to it. So it, it was going to be us. Um, I don't know what the money differential is between Essendon and our offer, what the years look like, et cetera. You know, the rumours are that they're fairly similar. So it's going to really just come down to what he's looking for. Um, as I said, yeah, it, it, it's hard to get a read. You know, he, he came out tonight and said that he, um, you know, that it was all a bit of a circus and he wasn't, you know, impressed with, how, you know, what this was going to be doing to the coaches who are currently in their positions and in particular to to Rutten, who's who's had, you know, a week from hell, really. I, I really feel for him. Um, and, you know, he was sympathetic towards him. Um, you know, he also said when he was going to Adelaide that he'd called Hinkley up to make sure that he knew that, you know, he respected the fact he was in contract and wasn't going there for those reasons. So, um, yeah, you know, he, he said several times that he wouldn't talk to a club while they had a coach contracted. But I almost felt like his comments tonight were kind of backpedalling from that a little bit. So, yeah, look, it's hard to read. I think everyone on um, social media this week from both North Melbourne and Essendon has tried to become a, you know, a specialist at reading people's body language and and probably going a little far into it. I don't know. It's It's hard to tell. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Look... Reading from the tea leaves, I think he, you know, I mean, he might have heard a murmur that uh, Essendon were, were going to let uh, Ben Rutten go, as, as it was reported earlier in the week on a Monday. And he might have in, inquired about it. Like, I'm not too sure. This is just me speculating and talking through my ass a little bit. But um, after a couple of days with um, just how, how it's all unraveled uh, with the Bombers, you know, I mean, it looks like Ben Rutten's going to lose his job. But they haven't told him. Um and I'm not too sure what, what the story is there. So, you know, is he going to be coached next year? If he's not, you know, um, th- then you might as well let, you know, let him go, you know, and go mm. and, and try and go through the process of getting Clarkson. The fact that they haven't let him go pretty, pretty much um, gives me uh, cause for optimism in saying that uh, I don't think uh, Clarkson would consider Essendon right now, just with uh, the whole off-field stuff. And even uh, Kevin Sheedy sort of saying, oh, well, hopefully he goes to North Melbourne, who's who's on the board of Essendon, so hopefully he goes to North Melbourne and you can send him to Tassie, sort of, you know, things like that. I mean, you, he's not going to go there now, I wouldn't think, you know, based on comments like that and the, and the little things that have happened. And he's very, yeah, and, you know, He's a very classy guy, and yeah, you know, he's not going to try and you know take another person's job while they're still employed. And yeah, you know, even if he, um, yeah, you know, like the whole lesson thing, I, I think even if they let Rutten go, you know, I, I don't know if he'd even want to go there now, sort of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. Like I, I think it's I think it's leaning, you know, like towards us at the moment. I, I, I think you know he'd probably be the most hated uh, man in uh, North Melbourne history if he went, you know, if he. <laughs> Chose Essendon at the moment. Like it, there'd be uh, no way back back for him uh, as far as respect uh, goes, would there? If he if he did choose Essendon, they they let Rutten go on on a Saturday. Then next week he's Essendon's coach. No, I can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine we'd be very forgiving towards him. Um, look, I think you hit hit the nail on the head. Me thinking uh, about the whole thing and about how Essendon 
the new president in particular, who oh, I think is a bit gutless, how they've treated Rutten this week. I understand that he went and had a conversation with Rutten last night and that was kind of communicated. So, I mean, we're not going to know what, what occurred during that conversation. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is it still took until Wednesday for the club with the new president to communicate to their coach at least something. And, you know, it's Thursday night when they're definitely not going to sack him before tomorrow. So you've got a coach of a football club who has been told who knows what, who has been put into this position where last week he, he, he as far as he knew, he was safe and coaching next year. And I think he's he's been very classy this week, the way he's gone about it, how he's handled, you know, the media. He did the, uh, I watched him do the uh, Hurley farewell video today and I thought he did that very well. Very well. So, Look, he should be proud of himself. But in terms of the in terms of the club, yeah, you know the shady comments. The there seems to be a bit of a bit of a split at the board in terms of you know they've had they've had that board coup, and now they've still got people who are divided. So I mean that's all really interesting because one of the things Clarkson you know focused on during the year was that he wanted to go somewhere with stability, and you heard the comments from Wayne Carey, other players who you know know Clarkson. And they all say the same thing, that one thing he values is stability. So, I mean, if he picks Essendon, it would purely just be because of size of club, the fact that he's going to obviously get marquee games. There'll be, there'll be you know, that appeal to him. And the fact that, you know, they probably are, a, you know, a couple of years more developed. Um, so, you know, that would be the lure. Um, but like you rightfully just said, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to go. Yeah, uh, mainly mainly because they're Essendon. That's the main reason. So. Yeah, that's the <laughs> reason for me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I could cop if he sort of said, no, I don't want to go to North. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I don't know, let's say Collingwood. You know, this time last year it was Collingwood. He picked them mm. over North. So I could sort of accept that a little bit more, but uh, not going to a rival, I guess. And they, you know, they passed them as a player and, you know, they've um, there's no there's no uh, emotional reason to go there either. So whereas there is a bit with North Melbourne. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if he sort of backflipped a bit Um and you know, sort of said, yeah, I'll go to Essendon now as a coach. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be a little bit shocked about that. But um, yeah, it is, yeah, it is what it is at the moment. We still don't know anything. I'm uh, constantly, uh, I'm just refreshing the Twitter page. <laughs> Nothing at the moment. So he said he's not going to make a decision tonight anyway. So it's probably going to be made uh, in the next couple of days, maybe early next week. So we'll uh, see how we go. Have you been impressed with um, with how Sonia Hood has handled everything? Oh, absolutely. She's been solid, hasn't she? Um, you know, Very I, think, woman. I, I think there was some you know, criticism early from Corns and a few other people just about around some of her commentary. And I know they, they, they nitpicked her on the comments about having a, you know, a good list after the win we had. And, you know, I thought, I think they're a little bit unfounded, you know, you can say you have a good list without it, you know, referring to certain things that was taken out of context, but she's been solid. Um, you know, the one thing that I get from her that I don't think we've had for a while is that I fully trust that regardless of what happens, you know, with Alistair Clarkson, that, you know, she'll set us on the right path. Her interview last night was very, very positive and, you know, it did come across confident. Um, I walked away from that with a, Oh, it looks like we're going to get him vibe, especially with a, if I need a plan B, come and talk to me um, comment at the end. Um, but the main takeaway I actually got from her interview last night was that regardless of what happens, I'm confident that she'll find the right person. So if we don't get Clarkson, I'm confident that under her, we'll find the right person for the job and that we, you know, I trust in whatever process she undertook. I think it was the best shot that we had to land whoever we want 
selected and whoever you know whoever we need it was the best shot we had at getting Clarkson I think was under her and it'll be the best process possible to get the next candidate if he doesn't take the job and I think that's really opposed to you know how I probably felt under Ben Buckley um, which was a lack of confidence so you know I've, I've been nothing but impressed with her yeah, I mean, let, let's say yeah, it doesn't it doesn't become Clarkson. Who who would be your second choice? I think you've endorsed uh, Mark Choco Williams. So yeah, I, he was actually my um, he was actually my initial preference over Clarko. So when we were you know when when we were starting looking for a coach and all the murmurs came out etc. Um, you know, I was actually big on on Mark Choco Williams. Either him into a uh, him into a succession plan, you know, baked into that coming into the club, um, or him coming in. If you look at the things that he's done, you know, since he was a senior coach, he he did a lot of work around Richmond during their successful years. You know, really rallied around Dustin Martin when he wasn't sure if he wanted to be at the club. You know, when he was having a lot of the difficulties that he was having. Same at Melbourne. He went to Melbourne, a big development role helped Petrarca, helped a lot of the younger blokes really find their feet. And I think that's very, very impressive. He's got premiership credentials, premiership experience, but, you know, he's an older mind. But some of the things that you can be critical of, of say, like a Ross Lyon, is are they too hardline? Do they understand how to deal with millennials, younger people, how to coach people who don't want to be, you know, necessarily yelled at? And I think Mark Williams knows that balance from what I can see, the fact that he is kind of mentoring a lot of younger players at the two clubs he's been at since in Richmond and Melbourne, I think it's been really, really impressive. So that was, I was really, really in on him day one. And, you know, I've probably got lost a little bit in the, in the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the thing that is Clarkson and the, the, he would bring this whole aura to the club and that's, I think sold it to me a little bit and absolutely I'd love, I'd love Clarkson, but it's not end of the world if we don't get him. Um, you know, Mark Williams, I'd be really big on. I saw Hinckley came out today and said that he wouldn't entertain it necessarily. I mean, that could obviously change. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with getting someone like a Hinckley. I think he was, you know, a really, really solid coach for a long time. They, they didn't necessarily have a good year this year, but I think he's been a good coach for, for Port Adelaide. Um, I, you know, I think he's a good speaker, respect what he has to say, whether or not he has that, that edge to get a team from the fourth, you know, third to actually a premiership. Um, but yeah, look, there's, there's still some good options on the market. You see GWS is likely going to go for an Adam Uze, so another, a younger untried coach. And, you know, their list is probably in a position where it just needs a few tweaks, in my opinion. I understand they've got pressure on their cap, but you, you could fix their list, get a younger coach in, get some people around them and build off that. I definitely think we need someone who's got experience, who's done it before. Um, and that's probably, yeah, where, where my thought process is. What about yourself? Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But I think even like, you know, the, the, there are options as untried coaches. There's um, a lot of good assistance. We've seen that last year with um, Craig McRae. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think Adam Kingsley would be a good one. You know, he's been around the traps a bit as well. You know, whether they go, you know, Mark Williams and Adam Kingsley as the senior assistant, you know, as a succession plan or something like that, you know, that, that could be a possibility. There's obviously history there with... Um, yeah, you know, uh, the Port Adelaide connection there. So, yeah, I mean, there's possibilities. Um, well, I think you just raised a, a really good point around assistant coaches. It's so, so, and, and Clarko highlights this by the fact that he wants to come to a club with, you know, his people alongside him, that it's really important to have those people, you know, there. And I'm not necessarily sure that this year or the last few years that we've had the right people around 
the senior coach either. So I think it's just really important to whoever we get, you're exactly right. We can definitely get someone who hasn't coached before, who's been around the traps, who's, who, who has experience as an assistant coach in a lot of different places and who's well, you know, well credentialed, um, get them in and just have someone around them who's got coaching experience, you know, could be a rut, could be anyone, but I think we need someone who has been a senior coach, uh, as a senior assistant. So, you know, whether or not that's a Rutten or a Leon Cameron or someone, just to be able to support whoever we put in the job if we do go down that path. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it sounds like he's already been talking to, uh, you know, people like Todd Viney, um, trying to get them, you know, to make sure if he does coach that uh, they're available and they're ready to help him. So I'm sure he's got his own little, um, you know, probably one or two uh, other people that, uh, you know, um, he'll like to bring along that he's probably already got lined up and there are probably a couple others he'll interview for as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's got uh, his plan A, plan B, uh, Alistair Clarkson, I'm sure other coaches yeah, and any new coaches starts, they usually bring in their own assistants as well because uh, they want to bring in uh, people that they're you know, comfortable in, yeah, comfortable with David Noble brought in Heath Uni, um, who he's comfortable with, worked with before and, you know, a number of others uh, have done that as well. So yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it'll be a wait and see. Uh, have you been a bit surprised that uh, Sonia Hood, it sounds like, has pretty much handled this all and all on herself and she pretty much hasn't had any input from Ben Amafio? Yeah, yes and no. Uh, I think it's pretty well reported or at least, you know, there's been a lot of media speculation that in the football world, the type of people that we'd want to attract, you know, quality football people who you know, we want to bring in our organisation, aren't necessarily interested in coming to a club where he's CEO. Uh, why that is, I'm not sure. I, I don't know much about Penn personally. Um, I've been disappointed at times when I've he heard him speak publicly. I'm not sure that's def you know, necessarily his strength, and, and that's okay. Um, you don't need to be a good public speaker, if CEO, if you're ticking all the boxes. But I think the only boxes that he's ticking are probably commercial. You know, we've made a lot of struggles commercially. He seems to be ticking boxes on that front. But from a footy perspective, I'm just not sure what he's offering. Uh, I'd love to see the Walsh report and what that says about him. Um, so I can kind of understand, you know, with that pretext that there's a stigma around him in the industry that people don't necessarily want to come where he's the leader, that I can understand why Sonia's taken it upon herself to, you know, head this movement for Clarkson up. I did see, you know, a bit of a press release yesterday um, saying that if there was a plan B, that he would head that up, which I think seems a little bit odd to me. Um, but, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. So, yeah, look, I, I can understand it. What the what the question is for me is, does, does, does that all say that a condition of Clarko coming, if he does come, is that Ben goes? Uh, I know that's been mentioned a few times. I, I tend to think that, regardless in the next six to 12 months, he probably won't be, you know, a long-term part of our future. Um, just purely, as I said, that you probably can't have someone at your footy club in, you know, a CEO position with those question marks around them. And if there is legitimately concerns from respected quality football people who we want to bring into our organisation with him, then unfortunately something has to give. Yeah, I, was, I laughed at the comments. Um, I think it was Teflon Snake uh, tweeted, well, I think uh, Clarkson's coming 100% if uh, 
been a mafia as part of Plan B. So I kind of <laughs> had a bit of a giggle about that one. But um, yeah, look, I think you're right. Look, I think he does bring some things to the table, but he's just not a football person. And you know, we've seen that in the media. Um, I think you know a lot of it's been blown up, basically because of on-field success. And you know, people will blame you know him because he's not a football person. We're always looking for you know um, not you know like someone to blame. Basically, when you know, the team's not successful on the field, well, why did you get David Nabal's coach? Who hired him? Why did Paul Ruse be part of the process? Where is Paul Ruse? Why we still got him under the books? Why is Ben Amafia still paying him? And it goes on and on, like things like that. But I'm sure he brought some things to the, to the table. Uh, Sonia Hood has backed him, backed him as much as she could, she can. And like he said, I don't know how much longer he can be there. I, you know, I, I have heard Alistair Clarkson wants to bring in Mark Brayshaw. Um, so he. Yeah, so he's a possibility to be a CEO as well. So, you know, I mean, because he is a football person and, you know, very highly regarded in that regard. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. I've been just as impressed with Patch Adams, um, the way he's talking up the club and, you know, look, he doesn't know where his future's at as well. Like, you know, I mean, I, I hope, you know, the club have given him reassurances that uh, he will be going back to the VFL next year um, and him and Tom Lynch will be a part of that program because... Oh, yeah, even the way we've played, I think we've played a lot better. You know, the stats will show that. We've um, getting the ball a lot more inside 50 in the last few weeks. He's um, not, been not afraid to, you know, drop uh, Jason on Francis, you know, for you know, undisciplined acts like not doing an you know, ice bath recovery properly. So, he, you know, he's got... Um, yeah, he's got a lot of potential there, and you've got a set of balls on him as well. Like to do that, he's not worried about you know upsetting you know a playing group or anything like that. Even even in the selection this week, you know, there's been a lot of talk. You know, that why didn't Dar- Taron Thomas get picked? Well, he's obviously got his reasons. He's like he's just not going to succumb to that uh, outside pressure. You know, he's got his own standards. But uh, I was more impressed um, just with the way he talked about. Uh, yeah, uh, Alistair Clarkson, to be honest, and, you know, trying to endorse him to come along. And, yeah, this is a good list. You've got something to build with. Have you been just impressed with him? Oh, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head, especially with that last comment that he – the way he spoke today um, and in the last – since he took the role about helping promote the club, I think reasonably early on he, he, he was pretty honest on not necessarily seeking out the job at this stage. Um, and I think that kind of lends to the fact that then he's been actively promoting the club. I mean, he's a North person, ultimately. And I think that has helped um, us in terms of him being able to galvanise the group a little bit, you know, get in there, kind of make it a little bit... I think the players are having more fun. And I think you can see that on the field. And that's been really impressive that he's been able to get down there, still drive hard standards, like you said, around Jason Horn francis and make sure that, you know, players... Uh, meeting the, you know, ticking all the boxes. But he's also been made the place a lot more fun. And I think the guys look like they're having a lot more fun, even if not all the results are, you know, going our way. The stats are showing that they're playing better. And I think he's simplified things. He's letting them have more fun. And, yeah, like you said, he he's, you know, his comments trying to get Clark out of the club. He's still thinking club first. So I'm fully with you. I, I would have I, – I hope that he has been endorsed to stay on next year and whoever takes over, I hope that they, you know, that it's part that then that they know that he needs to stay on. I'd love to see him go back into that VFL role or even, even some form of development coaching role in the club. Uh, I think that's a perfect space for him. He seems to be, you know, really comfortable with working with younger players, um, you know, setting standards for them, but also, you know, helping them settle in, um, 
So yeah, either a VFL role or a development role, I think would be absolutely perfect um, for someone with his skill set. So I, I've been really impressed. My only question mark would have been on some of the selection, you know, the team selection stuff, but that's not obviously just him. That's a collective. Um, yeah, and they're mostly question marks rather than being unimpressed. In terms of him, as I said, he's brought a really fresh vibe to the place. And that's been important because the first half of the year was obviously a train wreck would be putting it nicely. So <laughs> he's come in and he's kind of just made people feel a lot more comfortable. So I hope that bodes well going into next year. I hope that, you know, that a lot of, you know, that's helped brought the mood up of players. So then, you know, they don't necessarily want to leave in the off season, et cetera. And I know that we've discussed that around Zohar and, and whatnot, but um, yeah, I, I hope that helps get Clark out of the club. And if not, you know, I think he could be a big piece of whoever the next coach is and what they bring. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, look, I mean, who knows? He, you know, other clubs might seek him out as an assistant. Yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, he'll definitely have a future in the AFL considering he's... He talks very well and knows, understands the game very well. Tactically, we've become a, a much better team over the five weeks in the previous uh, 16 weeks. And that's not... I mean, that's probably having a little bit of a dig at David Noble. But, um, yeah, he, yeah we've, uh, we've pressed a lot higher. You know, um, you, you've seen that against Adelaide, especially that second quarter. I mean, the stats we uh, showed in that second quarter, it was like 22 inside 50s to five mm. um, contested possessions. We absolutely smashed them. Yeah, I know this has got something, you know, a little bit of a Ben Cunnington effect, but uh, even a centre bounce work like uh, using Ben Cunnington and Jen Anderson as decoys to give, you know, space to Luke Davis, Uniac and Jai Simpkin uh, to get clearances and just smash the Crows in clearances. The only thing we didn't uh, smash them in was uh, was the scoreboard, really, and that's yeah, that, that's just part of it uh, when you're not winning, unfortunately. So yeah, no, I've been uh, very impressed uh, with uh, with the way he's gone about it, and um, yeah, like I said, he's you know we're trying to play a front half game now too. So yeah, hopefully uh, we definitely keep him on uh, at the club. Uh, that's probably enough for the Alistair Clarkson talk. I mean, we can talk all night about it. So yeah, we might as well move on, and yeah, we might as well uh, I might as well continue with the Adelaide game last week. So how did you uh, see the game? Um, I haven't seen, like, particularly that second quarter, I haven't seen a dominant performance like that in a quarter since Ben Cunnington's last game against Carlton last year in the third quarter. I don't know if you remember that, where we kicked, I think, seven goals to zip and we just absolutely trounced them. Um, is it uh, all to do with Ben Cunnington, you think? Yeah, firstly, I do definitely remember that Carlton game. Um, that, was, that, that, was, that was something special. I... Um... Yeah, I was lucky enough to be, um, you know... Uh... I was lucky enough to be watching that game. I remember I had a wedding on and I had it out my phone and I was, <laughs> I was watching that game. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And this was definitely the, um, the closest thing I've seen to us play like that since. Uh, so I think you hit the nail on the head there. We were absolutely dominant in statistics for, you know, large portions of that game. Um, our, transition again was a bit of an issue i think you you, you mm. gave the inside 50 stats there and our ability to deliver efficiently and effectively inside in 50 was was compromised um <laughs> putting it uh, nicely yeah well you know with those stats that you just gave that kind yeah. of highlights and they you know they highlighted it on the tv and they you know they yeah. said north should really be a lot further ahead here with what what a quarter they've had but our midfield was so impressive, weren't they? I mean, Simkin and LDU were just unstoppable. They were they were untaggable. Uh, you know, the Crows have a very good defensive midfield. They've got you know Ben Keys, who's who's a fantastic player, can play defensive and get 
you know, get possession. You know, they've got Barry, who's one of the leading tacklers in the competition. They've got Rory Laird, who's a machine. And they were putting players to LDU. They couldn't stop him. Trying to put the player onto Simpkin couldn't stop him. And even if you slowed them down, the other one would just get off the chain. You know, I felt removing the Cunnington emotional component for a moment, having Cunners in the starting midfield mix, so you've got LDU, Simpkin, Cunnington, it kind of means there's no weak part to the chain, which I feel like does happen when he's not playing and we have to play and one of those other midfielders. Um, him being there, you know, it obviously lifted the other two players and everyone on the list, really, but those two in particular, you could see them responding to him being there, being in battle with him. And, you know, they lifted as because of him just being there, but also him being the player that he is, you know, it, it allowed them to be more dangerous because ultimately, and, you know, once he gets a preseason into him and he's back to close to, if not his best form, then that's a very dangerous midfield with the with the level that LDU is operating at at the moment, which is he, he he's ahead ahead of even where I had him um, at the start of the year, and the level that him and him and Simpkin were at on the weekend, but LDU in particular, and then you add Cunnington to that mix, getting in another year of development to you know some of the other kids. The midfield's fantastic. You saw it against the Bombers as well. We were absolutely dominant in the in the contest in the stoppage. You know, that was our area of the game. Our, our weakness is the outside, the transition, the run. But at least we've got something now to actually, you know, hang our hats on. In the first half of the year, I don't know what we were good at. This, At least this half of the year, and whether or not this is a, you know, a patch thing to really focus on this, but our midfield in the contest looks fantastic. And that's something to hang your hat on. It gives us something to work from. Um, you know, it was a little bit disappointing not to get the win, obviously. The injuries. You know, the injury, the injury toll, you know, from halfway through the third, we were two players down and then that became four by early in the fourth. So with such limited rotations, it, I wasn't disappointed in the result because you could kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, we weren't going to be able to hold that against their tide. Um, but bar the injuries, I mean, we would have been right in that game. And have we cleaned up our inside 50s and our, our delivery? You know, I think we would have had a, you know, a good win. Um, it wouldn't have been, I think it would have been, you know, four or five goal win. That's what I felt like going into the third, you know, even late in the third quarter, that we really should have been around that. So, this, I mean, even the stats at the end of the game were still in our favour, even with their dominant last quarter. So, yeah, I thought there was a lot to be impressed about. Um, and, yeah, as a, it was emotional having Cunnington back, you know, him walking onto the ground crying. You know, there was a few rumours going around, is he going to retire? You know, it was just good seeing him out there. He was obviously emotional. Um but that will just lend to, you know, as I said, uh, this week in front of a crowd, it'll be good to have him there. I think the emotions will still be running high. And then get a preseason into all of these players, actually get him again in top form, now working alongside LDU in top form, in Simpkin, who who I think has been in um, a lot better form second half of the year. He's had some really big games. And, you know, I think it'll be a really dangerous midfield. Uh, the focus point being, you know, that LDU, the form he's in is, is is incredible. I think he's ranked, you know, first for his draw, for his age on player rankings now, and he's he's one more big game from finish finishing in the top ten or fifteen, whatever the rankings uh, player ratings have it as, um, of of the midfielders in the comp. That's incredible. Yeah, I'd say be um, yeah, like 
probably the last you know couple of months, I reckon he's been you know top three or four players in the competition. Really, like just how much he's um dominated that first half, twenty four touches. You know, he he, he he was unbelievable. There was you know you mentioned Jai Simpkin, he was overshadowed, and he was very good in the first half as well. We we didn't even notice him. You know, oh, we did notice him like as a North supporter, you did, but um yeah, no, like. The people in general just start focused on LDU because that's how dominant he was, and just those clearances, like um, just um, bursting through the pack, you know, like just um, running through, breaking tackles, you know, um, they had to put some time into him in the second half, and you know, things like that. It won't matter so much next year when you've got a fully fit Ben Cunnington, you've got Jason or Francis. Yeah, you know, if he does get tagged out, you've got other options. Yeah. It was just this game. Yeah, we got injuries in the third quarter. We went from. A pretty healthy team to all of a sudden injury crisis in the spell of you know twenty minutes. We're pretty, we're pretty much the only team that can do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah it, was just, it was just unfortunate. Yeah, you know, Jed Anderson, I think, was the big big loss. Yeah, you know, we would have liked to have got him in into the midfield in the second half, and you could have you know just rested Ben Cunnington a bit more, who was pretty much gassed by three quarter time. So yeah, that's um yeah. I mean, I wasn't too worried about the loss in the no. end because there were circumstances about that, but the signs were there. And the signs of promising, which is the most important thing. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think you said it. I think you said it spot on, though. That uh, you know, Simkin was overshadowed, but he still had what thirty disposal, seven tackles. Uh, you know, he had. I think he was like the third or fourth on the ground for player rating. He he had a really really good game. It's just the fact that, and I think his second quarter in particular, when they started trying to shut down on LDU, but. How can you stop someone who had you know ended up with thirty seven and in a goal? It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, he was he was fantastic. So, yeah, no, he's is like you said. I think he's had a very good uh, second half of the year as well. So him and uh, LDU have complemented each other uh, pretty well in that midfield, uh, particularly in the clearance uh, area. They've been very good. Uh, we might as well go to the team changes that have just come out uh, recently. You know, a, a lot of talk about uh, certain individuals not getting picked. So I'll go through them anyway. Uh, Ain Bonner in. Uh, Flynn Perez, along with uh, Flynn Perez, Jack Marnie, Jason on Francis, and Josh Goda on debut. Out of the team, Aaron Hall, the only omission, a bit surprising. Uh, Jack Siebel, injured uh, shoulder. Jackson Archer, hip. Jaden Stevenson, uh, back injury. Jed Anderson, uh, concussion. And Paul Curtis, uh, shoulder injury as well. Um, are you happy with those changes? I mean, there's a lot of talk. Uh, why didn't Taron Thomas get picked and Charlie Combin uh, last game of the year? Uh, how do you see it? Yeah, look, I, I guess my initial reaction to seeing the team was a little bit confused, um, like many people. Uh, I, I would have loved to have seen, you know, Taron and Com, Comden get a get a go. Um, you know, Charlie, I think, you know, I've watched the VFL games. He's been in really, really good form. I think his form, his fitness justified being able to get the, you know, get a game. Um, and I thought with Zeebel out, it was the perfect opportunity to play him in particular to see what that forward line looks like with him and Larky and the resting ruck. Uh, we got to see it in last game last year against Sydney. Um, so it would have been, I mean, I, I, and at that point, when he kicked that goal on the on the last siren, who would have thought that we wouldn't be seeing him this year? So that's been a big shame. So I would have loved to have seen him get a game, um, try and stretch the, the Gold Coast defenders uh, in particular. So look, that would have been nice. He, he's been tearing it up. So he, I, thought he, I thought he was deserving. Uh, Taron's obviously been in fantastic form. Um, I did notice that Comden is an emergency, while while Taron mm. is not. So I, I'm I'm curious what that's about. Um, but I'm sure, like you said earlier, there's probably something that he either is not doing 
right from a training or a fitness perspective um, that they just don't want to disclose. I can only imagine that's the only is the only reason because he, the games I've seen, he's looked top shelf. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll wait and see and uh, hopefully the new coach can get him back to where he was last year and then prog- and then hopefully progress him up to where we were hoping he was going to be this year. Um, so, yeah, I'd be surprised about those two. Um, great to see Goda getting a game, I thought. You know, we all probably thought he was going to play this game or the last game and that they were going to give him one before the end of the year. But, yeah, absolute tick from me. I'm happy to see him get a go. Kind of playing that, you know, that Jaden Stevenson, uh, Aaron Hall role off the half-back line. Um, so that will be that will be good. Uh, the Perez-Bonner, I can kind of understand, though neither I thought it had an outstanding VFL game um, or were, you know, in fantastic form in the seconds. Uh, Greenwood is an odd one for me. I understand that Anderson's out and they wanted to bolster up the midfield, but again, I probably would have gone Taron in that case, but don't. there's obviously something that I don't know. Uh, Jack Mahoney, uh, I know... Uh, he had a good game. I think he kicked what three, four goals in in, in yeah, seconds. Forward, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's good, and they'll definitely play him up forward. And you know, he applies pressure. There's a there's a part of me that says, have we seen what his limits are? Could we have put those into you know Taron or someone? Um, but his work ethic is really high, and maybe you know he did kick you know goals, so he probably deserves an opportunity. So that's that's probably what I was thinking. You, you did hit the nail on the head. The whole one is is a bit of a shock. Um, the only admission, a lot of injuries, you generally don't make an admission when you've had so many injuries. That's almost like making a point to him, I kind of think. I, you know, I, I was critical critical of him the last time we spoke and I said, I, while I you know, respect what he does and he gets a lot of the ball and provides us a lot of run, I always, you know, I prefer Jaden Stevenson being down there purely by virtue of the fact that, um, I think he's a bit more creative with ball in hand, albeit I said that before the Swans game, and then he went and made a fool of me on a couple of occasions <laughs> kicking the ball out. Um, but I, I, I'm still, um, yeah, I, I still really like Steve-O down there just because he adds a bit of creativity. Hall, he can add a lot of run, but I feel sometimes he's just a little bit lazy on his disposal and can put it into a you know, a, a spot that's either, well, he can kick it either to the opposition or he kicks it to a spot where it puts his teammates under pressure. And there was probably a few, and I'm not saying this isn't, you know, something that a lot of our players didn't do, but there was probably a few times in the first half on the weekend that there were turnovers directly from his disposal. And I think this is us saying to him, we need you to clean up that side of your game because you can run it out at will, but unless you're going to actually focus on where you know clean up your disposal then you know what's the point and i I think you know there was probably three or four instances i can remember in the first half of the adelaide game where direct turnover from him led to an adelaide goal and that's why i wasn't i was more shocked that they did it than what than why they did it i i kind of thought that he should but i didn't think they would do it so look it's an interesting one we obviously now get to see Goda, which is exciting. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's just a round 23 thing. Yeah, you know, he's had a few soft tissue injuries this year. They're probably just putting him cotton wool for the last round of the year. I don't even know if he's play reserves this week. I assume he's going to get named there. And yeah, you talk about the turnovers. There's one, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter where he, he just, you know, sometimes it's just 
better to play the safe kick rather than trying to create something all the time. And that's probably his issue. You know, last quarter, you try to create something out of nothing and it cost us a goal. I remember he tried to go down the middle of the park with a fancy kick um, and got turned over straight away and they kicked the first goal of the last quarter. But, I mean, it probably was gonna, wasn't going to cost us a game. But, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure um, what the reasons are behind that one. But, um, yeah, look, I... Yeah, and maybe they just wanted to give Goda a game. And they're very similar sort of uh, type of players, rebounding defenders. Um, yeah, look, well, I think Goda's more of a Stevenson type rather than the Aaron Hall type. Whereas, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. I suppose. Um, are you worried about Aaron Thomas? Oh, Aaron Tarrant Thomas's long term future at the club? He has said he is committed, um, but he has been in the reserves for the past month. And yeah, I was a bit surprised he didn't get a looking at. For this game, are you worried at all that uh, you know a, a team might talk to him and sway him to ask for a trade? I, I I am because I think he has he he probably has the most raw talent of any of the players on the list. Now I'm par- I'm parking Jason Horn Francis from that conversation because he's a first year player and we haven't seen no. enough of him. But of the other players on the, the list, you know. LDU is an absolute super... I think he could be an absolute superstar. Taron obviously, is that type of player who you need an LDU in the side. He's not He's he's not Batman, he's Robin, I guess you could say about Taron. He needs that superstar on the side alongside him. But Taron's that person who will win you games. He'll kick goals for you. He'll be that dangerous person up forward. He'd be in the top two or three players on the list that I wouldn't want to lose. So, absolutely, I, I'm concerned about it. And I know it got a bit of a mention during the year and people said, no, he's definitely committed and... You know, and he understands that it was a work ethic thing and, you know, it's something that he has to work on. Um, yeah. So, look, it is a concern. I don't think he'll go anywhere this year, especially if we can get the right coach to get around him, rally him, get him back to where, you know, get him into a more committed state of training. But, yeah, absolutely, it's a concern. Um I, th- I just think because he's had a block of three or four, I think four VFL games now, and I thought two weeks ago they were going to bring him back, and then I thought they were going to bring him back last week, and then we get I, he kicked three goals in the reserves on the weekend or something like that, and he had had twenty five, yeah, twenty five or twenty touches or something, and he's had some really good games at that level. It clearly is he he's well above that level, and it's so it's it's interesting to me that he's not even an emergency. I'm not sure what the story is. Um, I'm hoping there's nothing, nothing there other than you know they said to him, "You need to come back." I understand there was some personal tragedy there, but I hope the conversation with him was upfront. You know, we're going to get you to come back. We're not going to play you again this year. We want you to build that, you know, that base, and then next year come back at the level we know you can be at. And I'm hoping they've had a really mature conversation with him. Um, yeah, that's all you can hope. Really, I don't want to lose him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't look. He says he is committed, so we can only take his word for it. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's been a tough year for him. Obviously, yeah, the past couple of months, uh, he's had personal issues as well. Um, so yeah, look, hopefully, uh, he comes in the day one of preseason, uh, a new man, and yeah, um, if yeah, when the new coach comes in, hopefully, uh, sooner rather than later, whoever that is, um, yeah, that uh, they can get uh, the best out of him because yeah, he is. He's just as important as um, you know your top players on, on your list. So yeah, because he has that uh, ability to break um, a break game open. He's, he's definitely got that potential, like a, a Daniel Wells a type of player. So we've uh, yeah, we're certainly hoping we can see the best of him uh, next year. Um, in saying all that, what are you hoping to see in the last game of the year? 
Well, I was hoping to see our 2023 team as close as I imagined it to be, but that's obviously not going to be the case, um, you know, with Taron Common out, et cetera. I guess just another big game from our midfield group is probably a big thing for me. I'd love LDU to have a big game and finish the year in the top top ranked, you know, midfielders or stats wise. Um, but uh, just another game of seeing him, Cunners and Simpkin gel together. Uh, we get to now see Jason Horn Francis, how he responds to being dropped and, and, and what happened there. We get to see him play his first game with Cunnington. And I'm excited to see another year of him building his relationship with Ben and see how they would gel in the same team. Because I think he's the type of player who would respond well to having a Ben Cunnington next to him, someone who knows how to uh, who knows how to train, who, who's a professional athlete. And I just, I would love to, I, I'm just really ex- excited to see that dynamic. Obviously excited to see Goda. Uh, I've watched a little bit of him at the VFL level this year. And, you know, he's got some raw talent that's really, really exciting. Um, you know, one of the things in the past is we've, we've, we've definitely recruited people with raw talent in the past, but it hasn't worked out. And I think pretty early on, you've seen that there's a, they're a fair way back. Goda looks like he's got all the footy talent. Um, it's just, it just needs to be harnessed. So it's a little bit clearer to me what they want to do with him. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said he's more the Stevenson role um, than he is, you know, like a, a whole, I think, you know, he, he'll, he'll come off the half back line. I think he become an attacking winger. Uh, it'll be exciting to see what they do with him. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think the club would be wanting him to grow into that role sooner rather than later, because it is a whole on our list. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see how he goes. I dare say Lazaro as well will fill that role a little bit this week as in running off the, the halfback line. And I know we saw that, you know, through necessity a few weeks ago. So I think he might get a little bit of that role um, as well, which will be good for him because, again, he's just one of those players that we need to – I think he's got an upside. It's just about what his best role is, and this is a good week to showcase that. Uh Look, I just want to see some fight and some hope for next year. That's the big thing. I, I want the boys to go into the preseason with a little bit of hope and with a bit of positivity. Uh, and us as fans go into the, you know, that, uh, you know, if Clarko picks Essendon tomorrow, <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of us at Marvel on Saturday and I'll be there uh, are going to be pretty flat. So um, hopefully the boys can, can get us up and going if that all pans out like it did. Uh, like, well, all pans out like that. So, yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm looking for. You know, it'll be a big test for, for the guys. Gold Coast have been, you know, really competitive at times this year. Um, you know, they're a high, you know, they're pretty, pretty decently high pressure team. They're surprisingly, I think I saw they were ranked third for tackles inside 50 or something. So, I mean, Goda and um, Lazaro and any of the boys that are down there are going to have to <laughs> have to be on their toes because they're going to get tackled pretty quickly. Um, did yeah, did yeah, they're, they're a pretty good pressure inside 50 side. So it'll be interesting to see how we go. Um, but yeah, I think that's you know really just some hope and and get to see some more improvement from some of those players that I mentioned. Yeah, fair enough. Um, do you want to win this game and avoid the wooden spoon, or does that not really bother you? You're more interested in uh, you know, just uh, the form of LDU and just finishing off the year, you know, um, showing signs like like we did last week. I'm definitely not one of those people that, uh, I mean, last year I probably would have, it would have crossed my mind, but this year in particular, because the draft looks a lot more open and Ashcroft's off the cards, I'm not one of those people who who wants the wooden spoon. 
I would rather get the win, carry that positivity into the into the off season. I think that's far more important having that, especially for us at the moment, with some players, you know, questioning where they want to, what they where they want to go. Um, and if Clarko hasn't made up his mind, it'd be good to give him a you know a big show before then. But uh, yeah, I would I'd rather get the win. Absolutely, I'd rather get the win. You know, pick one, pick two. Ashcroft most likely goes pick one, and whoever gets it bids on him. So, I, I, and we may even split our pick this year. You know, there was talk about um, you know it was talk today that if you've got the pick one or pick two this year, this is a great year to split it just because it's a very even draft. So I'm not worried about getting a wooden spoon at all. Absolutely not. You know, pick one, pick two, who knows this year. So, nah, go in with the positivity. Try and, you know, go in there, give it your all and try and give your fans something back who have been, you know, we've been through a rough year, but so have the players. And I just want them to go into the off-season, you know, in a good men- good mental state. Yeah, 100%. It'll be good to finish off the year just with a win. Uh, it's been a, yeah, a long year, only two wins for the supporters as well. So, and I think the Suns are there for the taking. I think they've fallen off. Um, a little bit in the last month. A few injuries as well. What's that? Sorry. A few injuries yeah. as well. I yeah, saw Isaac, right. Isaac Rankin is, is out, who who would be very dangerous against us. But oh, hundred percent. Yeah, Charles as well is not playing again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they've got a yeah. Oh no, Charlie's playing. Sorry. Um, yeah, they've got a few injuries. So yeah, I mean. There's an opportunity there, and the pressure has uh, dropped off a little bit the last few weeks. So whether they've checked out a little bit, I'm hoping they have. Um, so we'll uh, see how we go in that regard. But um, yeah, it's going to be. It should be. You know, I think. We, you know, we're a chance um, this week. Probably more of a chance this week than you know for a long time, really. Like uh, we haven't been our favourite in any game or anything like that for a long time. But uh, I think we're as good a chance this week as we have been uh, any other week uh, previously, and that's going against Richmond and so forth when we did uh, 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 change coaches in that week. So, yeah, we'll uh, definitely see how we go. Um, what's your final prediction for the game in saying all that? Well, look, we did start hot against them last time, you know, up in – was that Cairns, I think that game was, or – uh, but yeah, we, we. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I was. Geez, they all mix in the one. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was somewhere you know, with a with a crazy wind. I think I, that's what I can remember. But yeah, it yeah, does all. Yeah, that's right. We together. did. We started off the first quarter really well, up by three goals, and then so uh, there were about six goals down at halftime. I think. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Horn kicked an amazing goal. I can remember that much. Um, yeah, look, we hot. We started hot against them last time, so I think we're a better team. And, you know, we've both discussed this in this call, but we're a better team than we were at that point. We've been more consistent about how we're playing across. You know, I think we've been pretty consistent for about three quarters rather than one or two um, for the first half of the year. So I think we're definitely a chance. Like you said, this is the best chance that we've ever getting a win for a while. They're a pretty poor disposal team. You know, I think they're the only team that go under 70%. So, you know, we're just going to rock up. We're going to apply some pressure. And I think we're a good chance. So I'll say North by under a goal. Um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it's more than that, but I definitely think we can get the win. We've grown as a team since the last time we played them. It's on our home deck. You've got the Cunnington in front of a home crowd narrative. We're a great chance. Yeah, well, look, I've uh, taken my daughter to one AFL game in her life, and we beat Richmond. So I'm taking her on on uh, Saturday. So oh. yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's uh, yeah, be two for two. So yeah, um, I think we're yeah, I think we'll win. I think we'll get a three or four goal win. Uh, as well, I think uh, we'll finish off the year on a high, and then uh, yeah, Clarkson, um, yeah, will be announced uh, after straight after the game. He'll be in the rooms with the boys uh, singing a song. So yeah, that's uh, that'll be nice. Uh, now I've just refreshed my Twitter page. Uh, there's no news. Uh, uh, have me uh, excited <laughs> for a moment. 
yeah, no, no, there's nothing going on as far as Alistair Clarkson. Uh, people are becoming a bit impatient. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go anyway with that. Uh, before I let you go, Jesse, did you want to add anything else? No, no, no. Look, thank you for having me back. You know, it's been a, as I said, it, it's been a long, stressful week. I haven't, I haven't got a lot of sleep. I've been, I, I don't think um, I, if you had have asked me six months ago or 12 months ago or three or four years ago, would I miss a whole week's sleep thinking about Alistair Clarkson? Um, I wouldn't have answered yes. So it, it, it's been a, um, it's been an interesting week and I'm, I'm going to be very glad when he makes a decision <laughs> either or because it's, it's been tiresome. But look, it's been a long year. Um, I, I'm glad to have joined you, you know, before the last game, and hopefully we get a bit of excitement on the weekend. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, no, it would be nice uh, to finish off the year on a high. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, Alistair Clarkson reminds me of, uh, you know, I, in high school when I was chasing a girl, I was after her for about oh, a week. And, uh, <laughs> only been told that she wanted to be friends and uh, broke her heart. So, yeah, uh, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's a bit of a different story. So, yeah, no, we'll... Uh, I'm sure we'll find out more in the next few days and hopefully by tomorrow anyway. So, yeah, so we can uh, all get a bit more sleep and uh, not, uh, yeah, have uh, too many uh, stresses in our lives. So, anyways, Jesse, I appreciate you coming on uh, on the show, uh, the final one, um, before we finish off the year. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm sure I'll uh, chat to you one day soon again. Yeah, good. Thank you. I'm excited, as I said, excited to come on here and happy to chat with you anytime. So thanks to Jesse for coming on the show once again. And like I said at the start, it was a very long episode. So yeah, put the speed a bit higher if you wanted to get through it a bit quicker. But um, yeah, lots to discuss. And I yeah, um, I really enjoyed his point of view, uh, Jesse, with a number of uh, uh, topics as well. And yeah, there was a lot of controversy about team selection and why wasn't Taron Thomas picked and Charlie Common and so forth. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, um, yeah, uh, Lee Adams is going to do it uh, Lee Adams' way. He's not going to buckle to you know um, public pressure or our supporters are asking for a Taron Thomas Charlie Conway reunion. So yeah, he, he he wants to pick his best twenty two. He feel he feels right that will win the game on Saturday. So yeah, well um, I'll be there and uh, hopefully and I'm actually a little bit confident, which is very rare for me, um, especially the last two or three years, to say that we're a chance to beat Gold Coast this week. So. Yeah, no, um, definitely get down if you can. Um, I think we'll put on a good show. Anyways, that's it for this episode. I should be back early next week. I'll probably be back maybe Tuesday at this stage, so it might be earlier. Um, there might be another episode, but uh, yeah, lots. Uh, yeah, there'll be a lot to discuss. Um, obviously, yeah, postseason for the men's. Uh, the women's is starting next week, so I'll look to do a podcast about that as well. Um, lots to discuss there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, a lot more content coming up for the, you know, a number of weeks now till at least December anyway with the women's season starting to ramp up as well. So, yeah, hopefully uh, they've looked pretty good in the pre-season. Um, you know, a couple of good wins against the reigning premiers. So who knows? Uh, this year might be our year, but uh, I'm not too optimistic about that. But I'll have to get someone on to try and convince me otherwise. Anyways, like I said, that's it. I will be back next week. Um, thank, thanks to all you lovely listeners for putting the likes, retweets, uh, comments. Uh, when I put uh, the show up on uh, Twitter. So, yeah, and even as a story on Instagram as well. So I really appreciate it. Uh, I really, you know, I, I try, I'll try i try and interact a bit more on uh, on the socials. I tend not to go to, on socials too much. I um, I do have a new role uh, at work at the moment, which is 
taking up a fair bit of my time at the moment, to be honest with you. And plus, I've got uh, yeah, my own family life after that, after work as well. So, yeah. But uh, if you feel like you need to comment or send me a message or anything like that, always uh, I'll always try and get back to you and try and reply as soon as I can. Anyways, um, like I said, I appreciate all you lovely listeners, and I'll buckle buckle out, I'll bail out, I meant to say, and uh, leave you to all you lovely listeners to have a great weekend, and today I will leave a shout out to the Dr. Craig Scholl. Bye for now.